Grab out your Bible, something to take some notes with. It is Legacy Sunday. Uh, I look forward to this every single year. This is an incredible, incredible part at the heart of our church. And what it is on Legacy Sunday, in simplest terms, is that in every dollar, every cent, everything that we take in, we give away. We want it to be an outreach. This isn't like we cover our expenses first and then we give away, you know, this isn't like a revenue versus gross versus that's not, there's no tricks. No, every cent that we take in everything from tithes and offerings, everything that people give today, we give away. And we see this as part of what we call the legacy of the church. That we thought about this. What would our legacy, what is it going to be? Is it going to be that we, we built buildings for ourselves? Is it going to be that we, you know, we were the richest and we were able to buy the nicest cars? Is it going to be that we were able to furnish and make the best kids ministries for our own kids? Is it going to be that we were able to make all the things that we wanted to happen for ourselves happen? Or is our legacy going to be that we gave outside of ourselves? That we sowed into the kingdom around the world. And today I kind of give you, I, I have the opportunity, honestly I have the privilege to let you know how we're doing in the things that we give. And so here it is. People get a little weird when stuff like this happens at church. Because they're like, they're going to twist my arm. They're going to make me give towards We're going to have some campaign by the end of today. Listen, everything I talk about today is already paid for. Come on, somebody. Because of your generosity, the gifts that you gave, everything we paid in cash. Everything's already done. This is just telling you how did we do. And then we have our legacy offering. What we're going to give is going to kickstart all of what we're going to next things that God has for us. And so I, as a pastor, I get the, the chance just to give you a status, kind of a state of the union type of thing where I tell you, OK, this is what we were able to do this year with the gifts that you gave. This is what God has continued to do. And so I'm going to end with a little bit of vision also today, a little bit of where we're going here as we end out the year. Because come on, how many cannot believe that it's already two weeks into December? Come on, somebody like we are. I don't know if you know that some of you are panicking right now, like you think you have the whole month. Listen to me. I'm just I'm just helping you out today. If you have already not shopped for Christmas, you're too late. All right. You already got here and you missed out because it's two weeks away and Amazon's not bringing whatever it is you order. I know they say one day, two days, something happens at the end of the year. I don't know if you recognize it. That two day shipping turns into like 20. 25 days. So you order it today and you will see it in January. That is just the way that it happens at my house because we get seven boxes a day. It's just amazing. That's just what we do. And so some of you are like panicking. Just hold for like, you can order it after church. All right. Some of you are going to be on Amazon right now during the middle of service. I'm going to assume you are taking notes. All right. So just hold your, hold your panic for after because we got to focus on some things God has allowed us to do this year. So don't think about that until afterwards. I have my public service announcements always get me into trouble. We got to get on the same page, though, with legacy. Because our mission here at the church is to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. If you're new to the church, you will hear us say that over and over. Because it really is the mission that we would come alongside of you wherever you are on your spiritual journey and help you take steps into wherever God has called you to be. Because all of us are growing. All of us have steps we need to take. There is no person who has achieved it all, has no more steps. They're at some other church somewhere else. Right here, we all have steps. We all have things that we are called to do, ways we are called to grow. And today I get to give you the little snapshot of people around the world and here in our community who have had the opportunity to take steps because of your generosity, had the opportunity to be able to be sown into for the kingdom of God. And honestly, I hope you leave today with this humble sense, maybe of spiritual pride. It's a weird way to say it, but a humble sense of spiritual pride in what we are able to be a part of. What we are able to be called to, what God has allowed us to sow into, that is bigger than any single one of us can play on our own. But as a whole, as a church, it's what we've been able to do. Amazing journey we've been on this year, and I want to share it with you. And our mission for the church is actually formatted around the commandment that Jesus gave. He gave it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it was this instruction to the early church 
this instruction of what to do until he came back. And so he gave this command in Acts 1. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So that was their city. It was where they were at the moment. Will you be in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria? So that was their nation, their area. And then to the ends of the earth, that represents the world. And so this is how we focused our missions. That we are called to the communities that we are in. We are called to the city that we are placed in. We are called to the people that we live around. But then we're also called to reach our nation. We're all called to to invest our resources into reaching our country. But then we're also called to the ends of the earth that we would research and send missions and resource all those around the world doing the work of the kingdom. It's what we're called to do as a church. And so that's how we have formatted the missions here at the church. If you ever wondered, that's how we format our giving. That we would focus on these three areas. So what I get to do for the next few minutes is give you a report on a few of the things. And just a few. As I was working on this, I was like, we're going to be here for like six hours. So I tried my very best for Legacy Sunday just to give you a snapshot. If I move too quickly, I am so sorry. Come see me afterwards. I'll explain it more. But just to give you a snapshot of what it is that we are doing, how it's working. Let's start. What are we doing here? Let's start just the needs here, because just to give you an overview, an overview of all the things we're going to talk about. So from the the local missions, church benevolence, the outreaches here, uh, to the missions around our nation, and then the missions around the world. In 2023 alone, we were able to give away over $100,000 as a church. Come on, somebody. Over $100,000 that you guys were able to give. So what does that look like? What is it? What does it look like if we're going to see the inner workings of this? Let's start with church benevolence. That's just within just our brothers and sisters in our church. How are we able to outreach and to reach those? Because just in the midst of our church, in the midst of our, our outreaches this year to help those in need, to help those who are struggling, to help those. And listen to me, this goes to so many different areas. We're able to give away over $40,000 just to help those. And listen, this goes to people who are in need, who needed groceries in the midst of a hard spot. This goes to helping emergency rent for families that would have been evicted because of something that had happened during that month or during that year. This goes to funeral expenses to those who had an unexpected death in their family. This goes to those all around in our church who are struggling. This goes to those, maybe the main breadwinner, or in one case, both of them lost their jobs. This is where we're able to step in as the church. Because of your generosity, we were able to help them. Because of your generosity, we were able to help those who were struggling. We stopgapped and covered mortgages for families That were unable to make ends meet. Because of your generosity, one couple was hospitalized at the same time. Both couldn't work. And we were able not only to pay the mortgage, we were able to cover utilities and to bless them on top of that. Because of generosity that you gave. That's something that you did, church. And I'm going to say this a hundred times today. And it will still not be enough. Well done. Well done, church. Not only with Legacy Sunday this last year in the ways that we were able to give out, but also just in your generosity throughout the year that you were able to help. And I wanted to start here. We have a ways to go. All right, everybody. But I wanted to start here because these are your brothers and your sisters on your left and on your right that are here today. And we don't call name. We're not embarrassing anyone. We are just called to reach and to uplift that we're called to uplift them in their moment of need that because of your generosity, because of what you gave We're able to tell a single parent that they and their kids aren't going to be kicked out of their home just because one month was too much to struggle with. Because of your generosity, we're able to bring groceries to those who are saying they just had a little too much month past their money. We weren't able to go in and able to help them in that moment. Because of what you gave, we were able to do that. Well done, church. Well done in the love that we show. Yeah, we can give God praise. I don't let you clap yourself on the back any other Sunday of the year. Today, it's okay, all right, everybody? You're able to do that. You were able to lift one another. And we got a ways to go. I got a lot of stuff, but I want you to recognize here at the outset that we helped one another. 
how we were able to lift one another. God places us in families. He places us in churches that we would be able to lift and protect. That we'd be able to cover over each other. And it's what we're called to do as one church family. So well done. You guys did it. The ability to scholarship kids to summer camp. It's one of the ones dearest to my heart. That you'd be able to tell these kids, maybe for the first time for some of them, that God loves them. That God created them. That he has a purpose for them. To look into their eyes and tell them there's a plan for their life. It is incredible. It's because of what you guys gave. But we're able to do as a church. Jesus said you would, they would know who you are. They would know that we're disciples of Christ. They would know what it is that we proclaim. Not because of the words that we speak. That they would know who we are because of the love we have for one another. That we would show that. But it doesn't stop there. One of the ways we've been making a difference locally also for several years now uh, is in the special needs community. And so one of the opportunities you heard a little bit about this already is our Night to Shine event that's coming up in February. And really this whole outreach has been spearheaded by my sister, Jennifer. Uh, she approached me a few years ago and just said she wanted to partner with the Tim Tebow Foundation uh, with their Night to Shine event. Now, if you do not know what it is, like I did not know at the time, it is a prom for those with special needs. It's an incredible, incredible event. And so at the time, I was like, I know who Tim Tebow is because I watched him run for 40,000 yards on us every year right when he was at Florida. Just being honest with you, that's what I said. And so that's just, I know that, but I have no idea what this is. But man, I, let's be a part. And so we kind of got the things rolling and Jen kind of spearheaded contacting and getting us in touch with the right people. Only problem was at that time, that first year, we were only three weeks away from the first event. It was going to happen in three years. So the Tebow Foundation, they kind of called us and said, hey, hold off this year. Uh, maybe kind of study and kind of plan for next year. Kind of get things in motion. Uh, take the 55 weeks, right? And try to, try to figure out how you're going to host, what you're going to do. Because it's a lot of thing. And we were like, we can handle that. Come on, somebody. We were like, yeah, we can pull this thing off. And so we actually called it Starry Night because we did not have a legitimate approval that first year. Come on, somebody. It was a thing. So we came up with another name for it because we thought we'll just do like a, a drive through, like a, a, a trial run. We'll just kind of figure it out. 10, 12 guests. We'll do what we need to do. And that first year, what actually happened is an event in town called us and they said, hey, we have overflow of too many people signing up. Can we send you all of the overflow? And we were like, yeah, baby, come on, we can do it. Because apparently illegal Tim Tebow events is how we roll. That's just what we do. And so they sent us incredible event. All of you guys came out. It was amazing. In fact, when I was texting with Jen uh, this week, getting numbers for this year of it, uh, she sent me, she was like, hey, be careful how you talk about the first year because we weren't actually legit. And I said, back, you know me so poorly. If you actually knew me, you know this is coming out on stage. Come on, somebody. We put that text. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. Confession's good for the heart, bad for the reputation. But you guys came out in force and every year since it has been such an incredible, throw some of those pictures up there, incredible ministry that you guys have been a part of. And we are legit now. Come on. Unless, unless I don't cap that story right. We have every year partnered with them. Just an incredible. And it's coming up again in February. If you'd like to be a part of this, it is an amazing. This year in 2023, February, I had over 100 guests come. A hundred honored guests come and over almost 200 of you guys came out to volunteer for the night because it took all of you to make this thing happen. And so now we have another chance in February 2024. We already have over 80 guests signed up. It is going to be our biggest event by far, everybody. And so this is another chance. We are stepping out in faith. We need you guys. If you would like to sign up, you can do it in the app. You can do it online. If you're doing it right now, that's the one thing you can use your phone for. That and taking notes. Come on, somebody. You could sign up because we need you. We need you for this event to make this happen. It's incredible, incredible outreach as a church that we're able to do opportunity for us to do. And I will say it a hundred times and it will not be enough. Well done, church. Well done. You guys have done an incredible job showing the love of Christ to our community. But those are just some of the things we're able to do as a church.
some of the things, some of the outreaches, some of the, the things we're able to do. But then we also have ministry partnerships. This is one of the things I am most excited about. And honestly, we've been able to accelerate that ever since last legacy offering. That we have ministry partnerships that go above and beyond. That go the extra mile. That do these things in our community. That do above and beyond what we would ever be able to do as one local church. And we're able to sow into each of those ministries, do things that we cannot do. And we partner with them, even just with Night to Shine. Uh, we've had an incredible relationship with Johnny and friends. And they came alongside of us from that first year. Even when we were not quite legal. They came alongside of us and resourced and helped. And we've had such an amazing opportunity to build relationships with the local chapter. That they are doing amazing work, not only in Louisiana, but around the nation and around the world. And so after the last legacy offering and then after the last night to shine, we were able, after even just the event and all the things that we did, we could cut a check and hand it to them, to the local chapter right after the event, to be able to bless them in all that they're going to do. That's what legacy is. That we're able to reach outside of us. We're able to give to those that are doing the work and standing. You understand, we do what we can do. And then we sow financially into these who are on the front lines, who are working incredibly in all the different ministries. It's what Legacy Sunday is outside of us. And then even after last Legacy Sunday, we were able to sow into Camp Up. Now, Camp Up is an incredible camp founded by an amazing lady in our church, Leslie Waskin, and a friend of hers over eight years ago. That they started this amazing, amazing camp for people with exceptionalities and without. That this incredible, this set the heart of who we are. That they started this incredible camp, those with disabilities, those without, able to go to camp together and to tear down walls that honestly should not have been built in the first place. They're able to spend these moments together and removing labels that we put on people in our society. And I was texting with Leslie about this this week, about a description of the camp and the things, amazing things that they're doing. And one of the things she wrote back to me is it's a camp that focuses on abilities rather than disabilities. That it's an amazing opportunity. Listen, church, this is at the heart of what we do. And so we're able to take, after Legacy Sunday, just cut a check to be able to sponsor some kids for that summer camp. Be able to pour into the ministry and the things that they are doing. One of the most beautiful, beautiful opportunities we have as a church. That we have this opportunity to sow into ministry partners. It's what Legacy Sunday makes possible. I tell you all year, we don't make a big deal about giving. We don't pressure giving. We don't make a big deal about giving. And we don't, except today. Except today that we give you just a little look at the impact that we can have. The chance we have, and I'm so grateful for our ministry partners. We haven't even left the state yet. Come on, somebody. Like, we haven't even, we got a ways. I'm going to keep going. We just keep on. What else did we sow into this year? The Forgotten Initiative. If you guys remember in October of 22, we did a whole Sunday based around this idea of foster families and adoption. This idea of resourcing and reaching out. And so many beautiful families in our church that foster and who pour into this ministry. But then we had an opportunity just to join with a ministry doing the work. This is called the Forgotten Initiative. That they come alongside, first and foremost, they come alongside the DCFS workers and the local chapter. That so often is demonized and seen as the enemy. And seen, They're not. They are just overworked and understaffed, trying their best to do what they can for these kids and these families. Trying to do the best that they can. And so the Forgotten Initiative comes alongside of them and resources them and helps them go that extra mile. Helps them when some things that they can't do. And then blesses them. You'll see pictures. They held uh, a Christmas or a holiday party just for those workers. Just to show them how loved and appreciated they are. But then they go further and they help the families who are fostering. Those who need the home renovations and improvements. Those who need furniture and maybe supplies dropped off in a moment's notice. Because if you've been in that world, you understand. Everything happens. Maybe one day is normal and then the next day is all pandemonium. They're there to stand alongside of them. And we're honored to work with them. That we're able to take a bunch of money that you gave and pour it into this ministry. 
able to give where somewhere that we would not be able to be effective, but we're able to ministry partner with them. And honestly, we've had other chances. You guys might have seen our kids zone has been doing this for a few weeks now. And it culminated today uh, that they were able to raise and to, to gather Lego sets from all the different kids and families to give to the forgotten initiative to give out to kids this Christmas. They were able to give them a Christmas that they would not otherwise be able to have. And so great job, church. Those of you that went and shopped and bought, those of you that gave, that were able to pour into this ministry. Great job. It's an incredible thing. And then honestly, I would say also great job that we're showing our kids what it means to leave a legacy. That we're showing them what it means to actually have Christmas that honors Jesus. That it's not just about what we can get. It's not just about what we buy our own kids. It's what we're able to reach out to those who are less fortunate than we are to show the love of Christ. It's who we are as a church. This is what legacy means. Where else are we sowing? Park Forest Elementary. It's right here down Sherwood and Greenville Springs. Right there, like five, six minutes from the church. This is one of the most unexpected and beautiful relationships that we have. Because we went on a serve day a few years back just to like paint some lines, right? And clean some playgrounds and do whatever it is that we normally would do. And we just had this relationship form with Tara Mitchell. She's now the principal of the school. Where now we are able to go in and we went last prayer time and we're going again soon. We're able to go in and pray over every square inch of that school. Able to do prayer walks and pray over every classroom. Be able to sow into them and have this incredible, incredible friendship. Pray over every classroom. Pray over every student. Pray over every, every area that they would gather in. That is an opportunity that I don't, understand. I don't know if you know how rare that is. That we can cover every square inch of that school in prayer. And we have this relationship with her. In fact, Tara texted me last week and she asked me, she was like, it's time. We need another prayer walk to come through the school. Come on, somebody. And so we'll let you guys know we're working out the date. We will let you know the next time we're going to go through. It'll be in the next month or so that we have an opportunity to go in and to pray. And then last serve day, a team of you guys went out uh, and set up the hydroponic growing pods in their science lab. And we built raised flower beds for the kindergarten. And we did these things around, able to clean their library and their playground, able to just show the love of Christ. And this year uh, in April, Tara called me. And she was so excited, I could barely understand what she was saying on the phone. So excited, they had been chosen to be a Green Ribbon Commission school. The U.S. Department of Education had sent them that award. And she wanted to send it to me. She wouldn't explain why until she sent it to me. How many know when I saw the PDF that the Department of Education had sent them? Hydroponic growing pot and raised beds were on page 14. Come on, somebody. Just awesome, awesome job that you guys are able to pour into. But let me tell you what Legacy Sunday lets us do. When they called us and said they needed a Christmas tree for one of their classes to decorate, a big project, eight foot tall, we were able to drop one off same day. When they called and said they wanted to get bikes for teaching and testing incentives during the testing phase before last summer, that's next day we were able to drop off bikes. We just cut a check, went and bought them, dropped them off. This is what it enables us to do that we're able. Good job, church. Well done that we're able to pour into the community around us. This is not like I'm telling you about a group of people and you should pat them on the back. This is you guys. Because what you guys were able to generosity, we're able to partner with them. Yes, we are going to pray over every square inch of this school, but we are also going to leverage every resource God has given us to bless our community, to be a blessing and a light where we have been planted. Where else are we sowing? Where else has God called us to reach into? We have the Crisis Pregnancy Center here on the campus. Caring to Love Ministries. We have this amazing thing happening right here on the corner of our campus. We're able, where they're able to give ultrasounds. And they're able to give counseling and they're able to give resources to these young mothers who are coming in before and after birth. That they're able to give these things around. It started by Dorothy Wallace, headed up. Amazing, amazing opportunity we have. That you guys, I know it's close to so many of your hearts. That we have a chance to sow in monthly. We have a chance to give. We have a chance to resource. Amazing, amazing opportunity that they have been given an unshakable call to cry out for those who have no voice of their own. 
that we have this opportunity as a church is because of your generosity, because of the things that you gave that we're able to sow into all of these different ministry partners that we have around. I'm so proud of all of our partners that do what we cannot do on our own, that we're able to sow into them. Just some of the things that the local church as a community should get behind. Some of the things that we're able to do and to give on a monthly basis, to give as a legacy offering, to give and to resource and the work that they do. And that takes us to the national level. The things that we should be doing. So we're doing the things where we're planted, our Jerusalem, wherever we are. And then it says Judea and Samaria. What are we doing at a national level? This is something you guys have been able to sow into. Something that we started this year. That we're sowing into college campuses and resources that are reaching them through YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and the Circuit Riders. They were to pour into them and the ministry that they're doing to raise up the next generation of leaders. And it's something new that we're starting this year after this Legacy Sunday. Is partnering to plant churches, not only around the world, but in our country. How many know that the greatest number of salvation comes when a church is planted? When there's an opportunity, but not just planting new churches, revitalizing dead and dying churches. Because I believe the great next move of God is going to come in revitalizing churches that have been dead and dying and stagnant. That God would come and do a mighty move already where he has already been planted. That we have this opportunity to resource those. And so part of our gift today is going to go towards that as well. And then, of course, we have our international missions, our ministry partners around the world that we're able uh, to resource and able to pour into, able to visit, able to give so many resources. I want to give you guys just a snapshot of that, because this is something near to our heart as a church. Just a look at what it is that we're doing around the world. In Albania, we join with Living Water, Adopt a Child. That is this amazing uh, opportunity, not only to feed children, but to then give the light of the gospel to their families. That it's a chance that hand in hand, that we believe in justice, but with spiritual justice. That we're able to go alongside of the gospel. We're able to go alongside of them and preach the gospel in areas where you would never get into without the social component of this. And so it's an amazing opportunity. This particular Living Water Adopt a Child, this particular uh, opportunity in Albania, uh, they have one in Guatemala as well. It's this opportunity to feed children in the most impoverished areas of the country. And Mark and Jan Stuckey have been uh, involved with them now for almost eight years. And then uh, Todd and Melanie Cook as well. This amazing opportunity. And you guys know earlier in the year we did our blueberry outreach. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you missed it, but you will see it next year. Where you got to buy as many blueberry muffins and cakes and things as you wanted. And when I got out there to buy my own, they were all gone. Come on, somebody. So you guys did an amazing job of depriving me of something that I look forward to every single year. And so I just want to put that out there. Great job, church. Well done. So... (laughs) I'm joking with you people. It's quiet in this church today. I don't know what's going on. But we have an opportunity to sow into them. And the year, this year, the gift that you guys gave, it went into sponsoring summer camps in some of the poorest areas of the country. Hundreds and hundreds of children hearing maybe for the first time that God made them, that God loves them, that God has a plan for their life, who values them. And this summer alone, in 2023, over 100 of those kids gave their lives to Jesus because of the gift that you gave. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's amazing. Because of the gift that you gave. Church, you want to know what our legacy is going to be? It's that. You want to know what our legacy is going to be? It's going to be that. In India, we partnered with Michael DaCosta and his beautiful family. uh, The Karuna Charitable Trust in Karnataka. I met Michael 12 years ago. And I will tell you from the bottom of my heart. One of the most humble and incredible men of God doing the work of the kingdom in the world today. Just an incredible job. Faithful in where he's been placed. They work with the lepers outside of Gulbarga. In South India, they do work with the lepers and their children that they're able to come alongside and in their health clinic this year alone with leprosy affected patients, rebinding bandages, cleaning wounds, loving the unlovable, 
touching the ones that no one else will touch, caring for the children affected by the stigma and the discrimination that follows this disease. It's an incredible, incredible opportunity we have to sow into this ministry, providing a home for the ones that have nowhere to go, paying for education, nutrition programs for the impoverished. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you've done it to me. That rings true more in this place than anywhere I've ever seen. That they're able to pour into these people to treat them the way that Christ would treat them. And we get to sow into that today. In Haiti, the church and school that we're so closely connected with in Capetian. Uh, with Pastor Maxson and his team doing incredible work in the north side of Haiti. That they are able to reach out in where they have been planted. Incredibly faithful in doing the work that God has called them to do. And so many of you uh, have given and so many of you still give towards it. Pastor Maxson, you heard from him earlier this year when he visited us. He was able just to share of the turmoil and the, the political upheaval and all the things that are happening in Haiti. How many know the gospel is still being preached? How many know Christ is still being preached? That the light is still shining even in one of the darkest moments and one of the, the most upheaval and turmoil you can imagine in a country is happening. But Jesus is still being preached in the middle of that. And we have an opportunity to gather and to join with them. To send resources to make sure that the gospel can still be preached. To make sure that they are taken care of in where they are on the front lines of this thing. And Pastor Maxson and his team and the hundreds and hundreds of students in the school. And the hundreds of teachers that they have teaching and serving in the church and in this community. We have a chance to sow into that. In Lebanon, amidst the turmoil and economic downturns you might have seen in the news these last two or three years. We've been able to support some of the poorest families in Beirut. And then we sow into the schools there, the Shamlion Evangelical School and then the Jesus School. Shamlion that's led by a pastoral couple in the, in the, just reaching these next generation, showing them the love of Christ that no matter what the turmoil, no matter what's happening around them. And then the Jesus School who rescues kids off of the streets. We have a chance to sow into them. We've had a chance as a part of the legacy to be able to sow into these. Something new this year in Armenia. We've sent funds already in the past, but now we have a new opportunity and the refugees coming out of Artsakh, this opportunity to sow into a church that is reaching on the front lines to just care for those who have nothing. To care for those who live in these conditions. To care for those who don't know what the next day is going to bring. Don't know where they're going to be the next week. But we're able to come in and to resource them to show the love of Christ. This is our legacy. This is who we should be as a church. That we reach out, that we love others. In Cuba, we sow every month into Nueva Vida. So many of you have gone down there and seen the work. The incredible church, incredible work being done on the north side in Cohimar, north side of Havana. So many teams that we've sent, being able to share and to spread and to see what God is doing. How many know revival is breaking out on the island of Cuba? One of the most oppressed political regimes on the planet and revival is breaking out. That Pastor Elian and his church are at the forefront of that. That they are the forefront of preaching the gospel where they have been planted, faithful in what God has called them to do. It's an amazing opportunity we have. In fact, the first gift we ever gave to the church in Havana, the first gift we ever gave to Pastor Lyon, it was him and like 30, 40 people in his backyard. That was the church. They were just meeting weekly. And they asked us that what they wanted to buy, they wanted to buy tin so they could sit out in the sun. They could meet before it got dark. They didn't have a roof for where they were meeting. There were 30, 40, didn't fit in the house. And they just wanted to buy some old scrap tin. And so a line sent me a picture of the tin they wanted to buy. And so we bought it. Just as a church, we just bought it. 34 of them, believers. We just wanted to bless them as a new church. Just wanted to bless them and what they were doing. Our team that went last month, they were a part of the outreach that they joined with other churches around Cuba. Saw 4,000 salvations last month alone. That is what God is doing in the midst of that. That you guys, yeah. 
It's amazing job, church. Amazing job. The gospel's spreading all over Cuba. In fact, yesterday they had a children's outreach. And we got pictures from that too. Fresh off the press. Come on, somebody. We got pictures out of Cuba. Over 600 kids coming and giving their lives. 600 kids that were coming to be a part of that outreach yesterday. Hearing the gospel. Over 100 gave their lives to Jesus. That is an opportunity. Yeah, come on, somebody. This is, this is what legacy should be. In the Ukraine, we had a chance to sow legacy. If you get tired, I'm sorry, because this excites me more than anything else we could talk about today. So this, we all keep on. In the Ukraine, we had a chance to sow into legacy, into the charity center, orphanage in the midst of the Ukraine. Amazing work Marina and her team are doing there. We've had a chance a few Christmases now to give. And honestly, legacy just lets us accelerate that. And even in the midst of war, when war and drones were being shot down less than an hour from where they are, when there was just turmoil and things happening and they had to go into shelters and all that happened in these last couple of years, that Marina and her team continue to pour into these kids, continue to care for them. And we're going to continue to support them, continue to allow them to do what it is that they're doing, being the hands and the feet of Christ, that we continue to care for these kids. But this year we were also able uh, to respond to the war as well. And that is when all of this happened, we reached out when refugees were pouring over the border into the surrounding countries during the invasions. We took a portion of what you guys gave during Legacy, a large portion. And we partnered with a church in Poland, Dom Church. And they were able to go on the front lines, first to the borders, but then also into the Ukraine to care for the refugees and those who had been reaching out. And a couple of months ago, uh, Piotr, the leader in the church there, sent me an update of what our gift was able to do. You guys want to hear it? What our gift was able to do in the midst of that. And he said uh, in June, they were able to charter a boat. They went and took the money, chartered a boat and went to the port city of Kherson in Ukraine in the south part of the country. A city that had been occupied by Russian forces, then liberated. A city that had been oppressed and attacked probably as much as anywhere else in the Ukraine. And so they chartered a boat to be able to get in. And they went and brought supplies to the church there to reach out to the family. But what Piotr told me was that what shocked them the most when they contacted this church in Kirsten, what the pastor told them is that in over 500 days of war, the children of that city hadn't had access to any kind of fruit. Now, I don't know if, I, I don't know what kind of stories you guys have heard from different outreaches and different things, but he said they told them that, that over 500 days that the families couldn't find work, there was no way to support them, and so the only way they could do is just survive, but they hadn't had access to fruit. And so they said, we chartered a boat, we took a bunch of the money you gave, and we bought bananas and apples and oranges and grapefruit and juices, and we took them and we gave over 1,300 children food in the city of Kirsten. That you guys were able to give. Now listen to me. Some of you are like, well, I, I, you know, I only gave five bucks at Legacy Center. I'm only, I just don't know what I'm able to make. I don't know what difference I'm able to do. Listen, you were able to give a bag of fruit to a family. But not just give a bag of fruit. But tied with that was the gospel. That there was an opportunity to share the love of Jesus. With over 1,300 families that tied alongside of it. That we do nothing unless it's paired with the gospel, but we will resource and we will reach out and we will leverage everything that God has given us to spread the kingdom. They're able to feed them and to bring water and supplies and vitamins and food. But Piotr was most excited about the fruit. Come on, somebody. That we were able to resource them. And so in July, they took a part of our money and gave that in the city of Nicopol. Later on in the summer where a hydroelectric water dam had been uh, attacked by explosives and destroyed. And they had no clean water. All they had was dirty water for bathing and for eating. You guys were able, and for drinking. You guys were able to buy over two tons of water and send it into the city to be able to resource those families because of the gift that you gave. 
Because of legacy, we're able to help those families survive. And then in the late summer of the year, this is only a couple of months ago now, uh, we sponsored a children's camp around the church in Poland that all of the refugees, most of the kids that came, over 100-something kids that showed up, most of them out of the war-stricken areas surrounding the city. Most of them were able to come in those areas. Over 100 kids that heard the gospel, that had a moment of peace, that have had over two years that this has been a war in their lives to be cared for and to be loved. You did that. And so I will say it again. I will say it a hundred times. Well done, church. Well done because of your generosity, because of you being sacrificial in your giving. You were able to do that. Albania, Haiti, India, Cuba, Lebanon, Armenia, Poland, the Ukraine. Well done, church. I, I, as your pastor, I get a chance to say it. And I know throughout the year, I don't puff you up. Throughout the year, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it on thick. I, I walk you through a lot of different spiritual disciplines and things that we need to do. Today, I'm saying well done. Because of the gift that you gave. It's why we do Legacy Sunday. It's why we do Legacy Sunday. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people that we will see in eternity because of the gift you were able to give. And it's not hyperbole that there are thousands that we will see that we would not have seen if you weren't able to do what we did. Well done, church. Well done. And so I'll just ask this one time. Can we just give God praise for the opportunity we've had to be a part of it. It's amazing. That's because you stepped out to serve. So let me give you a couple of thoughts quickly as we close today. And again, I could not fit everything in. I, I just, I, it was amazing to me as we just recapped the year. I could not fit it all, but I could just give you a snapshot of what it is that we're able to do, the impact we can have. A couple of thoughts for you as we close. Mark chapter 16. We read this verse a lot around here. I'm going to read it to you again because I think it's appropriate for this Sunday. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, he said, go everywhere. He's telling his followers, this is the Great Commission. I want you to go everywhere and tell everyone the good news of the gospel. Go everywhere and tell everyone. And I cannot think of a better Sunday to read that verse than Legacy Sunday. Go everywhere and tell everyone. We know that's the mandate that he gave us, the Great Commission, because Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. He said, the reason, the reason I came to seek and to save, and you say, well, maybe if you got a little overwhelmed by all the numbers, you know, that's a lot of numbers, Pastor. That's a lot of pictures and numbers and things. I want you to remind you, every number is a person, and every person matters to God. Everything I present to you today is a person, a story that matters to God, a soul that we are able to reach. Every number matters to God. The Bible says Jesus is the good shepherd, that he would leave the 99 and go after the one. You know the reason he knows that the one is because he counted the 99 and realized, I'm missing one. I'm missing somebody. And I just want you to know, we are still missing somebody. As much as I will pat you on the back, as much as I will celebrate the wins that God has given us, we are still missing somebody. There are still people that are unreached. Even in our backyard, there are hundreds of thousands of people headed for a crisis eternity. That we have been called to reach. In our Jerusalem, our Judea and Samaria, our ends of the earth, we are called to reach that we are still missing someone. We have been able to do a lot of things to God be the glory. We've been able to leverage our influence and our resources, but there is still a lot to do. Come on, somebody. We still have a chance to sow into the world around us. We're still supposed to go everywhere and tell everyone. We're still supposed to preach the gospel. We can never get comfortable with the things that we have accomplished or rest on our laurels because there is a lot more to do. In fact, I would say it this way. Our future, our potential is more than our present. What we are able to do is so much more than what God has already called us to, church. And that excites me. That we are able to reach out even more in this coming year. We are able to set our eyes forward. To rest and to, to celebrate what God has done. And then to thank Him in advance for what He's going to do. 
that we have Legacy Sunday because every cent, everything we have taken in today is going out to spread the gospel. It's going outside of ourselves to build a legacy that's worth having. You understand? To build a legacy that we are proud of. To be able to send those out. We're still supposed to tell everybody, go everywhere. And I'm so thankful for what God has already done with us. But I just, I wrestle with the reality that it's just the beginning. That God has called us to reach out. So 1 Timothy, closing with this thought. Paul writes to young Timothy. His protege. He's, Timothy's learning how to pastor. And Paul's writing instructions to him. And here's what he says. He says, Timothy, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm telling you. Here's your mandate. He says, command those who are rich in this present world. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Scripture says, this is what I'm commanding you to do. And so scripture is basically commanding me to command you. Come on, somebody. It's just an amazing time. Because I still count myself as a young pastor. I'm not as young as when we started, but I am still a young pastor, everybody. And so this idea that Paul is writing to me, he says, Timothy, command them. Command them to be rich. Demand them, those who are rich in this world, not to be arrogant. Not to put their hope in wealth because it's so uncertain. Don't get complacent. This is what I'm supposed to charge you with. Don't get complacent in the blessings of this world. And some of you are like, man, pastor, you just don't know my financial status. You just don't. And I recognize there are people here from all economic backgrounds. But I just want you to know, living in this area of the world, that it does not matter the financial pressures you are walking through. You are better off than the majority of the rest of the world. That living in the area where we are, and I, I know I'm not making light of your financial pressure. I'm not, I know how impoverished you may feel, and I'm not making light of what you are walking through. I just want you to know you are richly blessed compared to the rest of the world. That if you have light, electricity, and you have running water, and you've got an indoor toilet, and you've got maybe a car, or maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. If you live in this part of the world, and you have some kind of place to go back to, that you are vastly more wealthy than the majority of this earth. And so when Paul is writing this, do not think you escape this verse. He says, command those who are rich in this present age. Sometimes we lose sight of how really blessed we are. And Paul says, if you're in that condition, don't be confident in the things you've already accomplished. And don't put your trust even worse in those things. Because of how uncertain. How many know in the last few years we have realized just how uncertain the world is? Just how uncertain. We don't know what the stock market's going to do. We don't know what political upheavals. We don't know what's going to happen overseas. We don't know any of that. It's uncertain. And so Paul is saying, tell them not to put their trust in this. I'm telling you, church, I'm commanding. Don't put your trust in those things that are so uncertain anyway. Don't put your trust in your own strength. Don't put your trust in your own ability to create wealth or finances. Don't put your trust in any of those things. But he says, command them. Command them. Because we don't know what's going to happen. He says, don't put your hope in that. But put their hope in God. We have talked about this all year long, that we don't put our hope and our strength. When we walk through these things, we don't put it in things that are so uncertain. We put it in God. And so this first idea I'm calling all of us, first of all, I'm calling us to pray. If we're going to be a church that has a legacy, if we're going to be a church that follows after what God has, we're going to have to refocus our mind on him. We're not going to put our hope in the things of this world. We're not going to put our hope in the riches that fall away so quickly. We are going to put our trust in God. And we're going to put our hope in him. We are desperate and dependent on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. This thing does not happen without prayer. And it will not happen without prayer. We are built on prayer. And so we're going to begin to pray as a church. Begin to seek the Holy Spirit. And prayer is what ushers that in. And so coming up in January, just want to put it on your radar. We have our prayer and fasting coming up in January. After we get through Christmas, just want to get that on your radar. Because we are going to start this year seeking the face of God. We're going to have a time of prayer as a church to set ourselves alignment. We pray throughout the year, but man, we are going to set this year right at the beginning. That we're going to have an opportunity. And then he says, don't just get them to put their trust in God. Command them, watch this, to do good. 
Command them to do good in this current age and the things. He says, command them to be rich in good deeds. You want the antidote for selfishness? You want the antidote for putting your trust in the things of this world or resting on your laurels? Let's stay active. Let's be a church who serves. Let's be a church that doesn't rest on our laurels. Let's be a church that steps up our level of serving. And I'm not saying you're not serving. I think you guys are an incredible, incredible group. But I'm just saying let's look at every opportunity we have to leverage what God has given us to be a blessing to the world around us. Or maybe if you're not serving and maybe you're just kind of kicking the tires or being around and you're like, hey, I want to jump in. We would love to have you as part of the team. We'd love to have you as part of the ministry that's happening. Come and be a part of all that God is having us do. All that God has called us around here. And then he says, lastly, encourage them to be generous and willing to share. And I believe all of us from time to time, myself included, should be challenged to give. Should be challenged. And I'm not saying that you're not giving. You are, a, you are an incredibly generous church. That I am so proud of everything that you have been able to do. I, I cannot tell you, I brag about you all of the time. Of what you guys are able to do in the world around us. And what we're able to do as a church. And sacrificial in your giving. But this is Legacy Sunday. There's a chance to say, okay, where is it going? What am I able to do? And I love the idea of this Sunday. And listen to me. Nothing that's given today. And, and listen, this is not like I'm trying to throw the curtain over something. As a church, yeah, we have bills. Yeah, we, we like to keep the lights on. It's important. In the middle of July, we like to run the AC. I don't know. It's just something we like to do around here. We have things that we have to cover. There are things that we do as a church, operational costs. But I'm just saying today, nothing goes towards that. Nothing, not a cent goes to the operational utility, not a cent to salaries or anything like that. All of it goes outside of us to the outreach and the ministries that we're able to give towards. The outreach and ministries we're able to be and support and do in the world around us. It goes outside of us. It's just an opportunity. And we wanted to move it closer to Christmas because we think it aligns with where our hearts should be in this season. In generosity. The things that we're able to give sacrificially. And I'm not trying to pressure you. If you feel pressure, you shouldn't give. Come on, somebody. That's what the Bible says. That's not what it's about. I'm saying each one of us decides what we're going to give. We pray and we decide. And my wife, Alyssa, and I have been praying over what we want to give. We're going to be a part of this too. This isn't like, hey, here you guys go. Go do this. Something we want to give sacrificially. That we're able to sow into the kingdom around the world. This is our heart. This is our legacy. This is our moment. That when we look back on our lives and we say, what did I do with what God resourced me with? With my time in serving? What did I do with my love and reaching out? What did I do with the resources he gave me? Because God has no problem getting resources to us. Can he get them through us? Can he, can he actually reach out to the world? Because God has called us to fund his work in the world. Do you understand that? God has called us to be a part of this. He's given us the opportunity. Did we take advantage of it? Because I promise you, through our ministry partners, we have an opportunity. It's waiting for us. And we're able to sow into it. So we're going to pray. We're going to serve. And then we're going to give everything that we give. Given away to advance the cause of Christ. That that would be our legacy as a church. In fact, here's God's promise as we close. It says, if you'll do these things. In other words, you put God first. And if you serve. And if you give sacrificially. And you serve the people around you. And you give generously every opportunity God gives you. Not only just at church, but in every arena of life. This is what he says. In this way. You'll lay up treasure as a firm foundation for the coming age. So you can take hold of life that is truly life. Of life that is actually life is what Jesus said. I came to give you life and that you would have it more abundantly. I came to give you life that's actually life. I promise you, 
You begin to seek God. You begin to serve. You begin to give generously in every arena of life. You will live life to the fullest. You will take hold of life that is actually life. Bow your heads with me as we pray today. I just want to pray that God would encourage us. That he would strengthen us. That he would lead us in the next season. That we've already had an opportunity to sow. But that this Legacy Sunday would just be the acceleration of what God has called us to do. I want to pray over that. Before I do that though, I want to just say just a quick invitation that some of you are here today. Or maybe you're watching online. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it might be. I don't pretend to know your story. I don't pretend to understand maybe what you've walked through. But I know that in this moment, maybe you find yourself far away from God. I don't know how you got there, but I just want to extend an invitation to you. And I just want to tell you, maybe you've never heard it. Or maybe you heard it and you just didn't believe it. But I want to tell you one thing today. And that is wherever you are and however far you've run, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And no matter what anybody has ever told you, God wants you. He loves you. In fact, the Bible says that God sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and die for you. And listen to me, every single one of us, myself included, every single person here is a sinner. Because some people get it in their minds, well, I'm just too far gone and all those perfect people at church. No, listen to me. Every single one of us, we don't believe in a a 51% gospel. That if you're just a little bit better than you are good, then maybe you'll sneak into heaven. Maybe that's just the way, that's not what we believe. We believe that every single one of us is a sinner in need of being washed clean. Every single one of us is lost in need of a savior. And so here at the church, just some of us have come to Jesus a little earlier than others, but every single one of us is loved by God and has that opportunity And so no matter where you find yourself, no matter how far you think you are, no matter how far you think you've run, no matter what you've done, I promise you there is still salvation for you. And if you say, hey, if I left this church, I don't know where I would end up in eternity. You can know for sure. And so I want to give you an invitation today. I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the... I'm not looking to embarrass you. There are other moments to go public. We would love to baptize you next week. But right now, you get to make a decision. Right now, I just want to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus who loves you. Jesus who died for you. And the Bible says Jesus who rose again so anyone could call on his name. That anyone could call on his name and be saved. Anyone, that includes you. So right now you say, I want to make that decision. I want to be washed clean. I want my eternity secure. If you want that, I just want to pray with you. It's a simple prayer. I give you the words for it. If you want to pray it, our church will pray it with you. We made a decision a long time ago that nobody prays alone. So as our heads are bowed, pray this with me. And church, let's pray with them. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin, all my mistakes. I repent. I believe you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again. And I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus name. Now, God, we thank you for all the amazing things that we are so humbled that you allow us to be a part of it. And God, we realize that there's so much more to be done. So Father, as we pray over and we give our offering, as we pray over and we use the resources that you've given us to reach those outside of us, as we leave a legacy of preaching the gospel, 
of sharing the love of Christ. We thank you for the light that you have called us to be. No, one more time, we declare our complete dependence on you. That you do all of this, Father, not because of us, but in spite of us. And so we thank you. You've called us to be a part of it. We are honored that you allow us to partner with what you are doing in this world. Lord, so we pray once again, your kingdom come, your will be done. That we would reach others, that we would reach countless souls for the kingdom. That at the end of all of this, we would say we leveraged everything that you gave us to preach Christ. And we leveraged everything that you gave us to love the hurting, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We thank you again for the opportunity. And we praise you for all that you've done. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we give God praise?